I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode three of the second season of Overlooked and Undercooked featuring myself, Tim Bat, himself, Guy Montgomery, and introducing the wickedly talented Carlo Ricci. Hey, good morning, or good afternoon, or whichever it is that you happen to be listening to this in, I suppose. To me right now, it's a very fine afternoon. Uh, we've just watched the, the third episode of Real Rob called The Best Playdate Ever, and uh, you're our first returning... Uh, customer, Carlo, is it good to be back amongst the Schneiders? It's oh. good. A lot of the threads that I've been, you know, dwelling on for a while, it's good to just see them starting to get wrapped up and just to get a bit more of a sense of the world of real world. I mean, yeah, Lord, Lord knows how you've resisted the overwhelming urge to continue watching this serialized program oh, as you yeah. watch the story unfurl over two seasons. Avoiding the spoilers has been the hardest part of it all. There's a know? lot of chatter, there's a lot of buzz around this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, big time, big time. Uh, so just for, for anyone listening along who for whatever reasons decided not to watch this show along with us, could you maybe outline the basic narrative or plot of episode three of season two of Real Rob? Um, well, episode three uh, begins as I imagine so many of the episodes start, because they certainly all seem to end there, in the household bed of the Schneiders. Uh, they have a, a plan to take their, their, their daughter, whose name I can't think of, such an M. Miranda Miranda she's going to school first day at an at the uh, an organic school yeah it's it's, actually and to to the credit of the show this is one of the first times there has been any through line between episodes so we saw them trying to find an appropriate school for her to go to in the previous episode and they've set her on this very expensive it's called Hope Hope yeah and it's good to well I, I mean it's good to see that it was set up, you know, because it certainly had a real payoff in this season, this episode. Uh, we go to the school. At the school, Rob sees the guitarist for Paul McCartney, and that becomes quite a important detail of this uh, episode, as, lo- as well as that he has to clean out the shed and yeah. sell some Tibetan furniture, which is quite <laughs> precious to him. Let me, let me tell Isn't you. It- the, it's crazy because they do their best to do these sort of ABC storylines where it's like this is what we're following and this is what we're not but they've got no understanding of what that they're like well yeah this and then also this there's no rhyme or reason to any of it they're just like <laughs> we just have two things happening at once that's a show right <laughs> it's like going um how do you make a cake? Well, I know that there's six ingredients. So if we get six objects and put them in a bowl and then put that in an oven, we'll it's get a cake. cake. Exactly. A delicious treat. But it isn't. It turns out it's just a hot mess. Yeah, the it is I do like the I do like the idea that Rob Schneider is 
an aficionado of 17th century Tibetan furniture because I think that's that's an area that is ripe for comedy and hasn't been mined <laughs> deep enough. It's a know? fun area to play with, isn't it? And we get um, introduced to one of the thousands of guest stars, Bobby Lee, in this episode. Mm. Yeah, American mm. uh, Asian American comedian Bobby Lee, who who does not in any way have a sort of uh, an Asian. Accent. I think he was but, born in America, but uh, obviously in, a, in this Rob Schneider vehicle has been sort of told to to just maybe ham it up a little. Could we Asian it up a bit, Bobby Lee? Mm. And so playing the role of I don't know, you know, where the accent is meant to derive from, but playing the role of sort of this, you know, wise Pan Asian, yeah, wizened uh, antique dealer, and it was some of the some of the best physical comedy I've seen in the last 30 minutes actually yeah I'm looking forward to that coming back you know just wrapping it all around I hope that he, uh, Rob licks more things um, <laughs> yes. so to, origin. Well, while Rob is purportedly into Tibetan furniture as with many of his harebrained schemes it's revealed he's only got a cursory understanding is in fact the, the, the chest of drawers the ancient Tibetan chest of drawers he's trying to get $10,000 for is not what it may seem to be an antique it's a very good replica it's a fake yep. it's a fake ladies and gentlemen that he paid $3,000 for valueless though Value, valueless valueless that without value has no oh wait no that's not how it goes fuck dang it <laughs> I can't kids, remember how well, kids, kids these days they know the cost of everything and the value of nothing we'll oh, that. well, no, that's well said maybe this <laughs> podcast will really teach them a lesson bring them down a peg Bobby Lee uh gives Rob a brief moment of hope and it's kind of a beautiful moment to see it die in his eyes because he says this is a fantastic example of this era of furniture and it's it's probably worth $10,000 and then he proceeds to lick the top of it and he says, mm-hmm. yep, it's a good replica. Yeah, because he can taste the replica oil that's in used. It's yeah. car oil or what something. What did they keep saying? Because he said it was car wax and then what was... It says uh, ox yak, fat or something? Yak, yak, yak fat. Yak fat. Yak fat, okay. And it was funny. They said it enough. <laughs> but you, you know those gags where someone will do something and it'll be very funny and then they'll keep doing it and it'll stop being funny and then they'll keep doing it again and it'll become funny? Yeah. This is kind of like that where they started doing it and it wasn't initially funny and then they keep going and it, it wasn't funny again. Mm. It sounds then, like us, and then doesn't it? it kept going, and it still wasn't funny. Yeah, it's it was really worth it that whole scene, and I I think they should have just stayed in it. I think as soon as you start measuring the scenes on the value in terms of what they contribute to the broader story, that's when the show starts <laughs> falling apart. Well, a falls here and uh, you know the thing is like this this show. I mean, the whole episodes are rubbish. But the individual scenes are also rubbish. So, you know, like, you could, if you break it down... You There's can a consistency just really, there, yeah, isn't there? Yeah. There's a beautiful symmetry to how everything and, sucks. Yeah. We, we are in the third episode of the season now, and they have abandoned, seemingly still, all of the interstitials that kind of made it enjoyable. The the parts that, you know, that where Rob Schneider was really working out what show he wanted to make, which was the stand-up on the soundstage, the sort of Kardashian-style down-the-barrel-of-the-camera moments. Like... Those are respite from the unrelenting nature of this piss poor storytelling. And mm. without it, you're just in this world, like confused. I was confused. I was coming in and out a little bit. And so, like, I'd be like, oh, that's right. I'm in a hotel room with Carlo and Tim watching Real Rob. <laughs> yeah, we've actually just moved for this episode. We were at uh, 34 stories in the air before. You, you, yeah, moved, you moved hotel rooms. Yeah, we well, were they, in an booking apartment. them by the rooms by the hour. We want to do an episode with a new comedian <laughs> in a new hotel room every. The year. hotel doesn't know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so in this episode, uh, as Carlo said, we've got Dusty Lane, who is a fictional character who in this series is um, uh, Sir Paul McCartney's guitarist. Well, I'm assuming he's fictional, which seems dicey on the front of like, just because of how central he is to the story, it seems like almost defamation on Paul McCartney <laughs> yeah. to drag his reputation into this show and talk about it so much and have it as <laughs> such a central storyline. And the actor portraying one Dusty Lane is a man called Steve Cook, who I just looked up. Um, and he's an actor, director, writer, and musician. And uh, we went on his website, and he talks a lot about his, quote-unquote, early years in England and a lot about Liverpool. Um, but he has the broadest New Zealand accent mm. I think I have heard uh, on the tally in, in, like, an American production. It just cuts like a knife. Mm. And uh, he's, a, he's a New Zealand denier. Is what he is. He's a self-hating Kiwi. So another added element for you guys to just really take out from this show, you know, just just one of those things to really dig your teeth into. Just something to yeah. chew on. It was unmissable, wasn't it? And it was crazy because you do expect a liver putty and acting. I mean, not necessarily liver putty, but he's a Paul McCartney's guitarist. You assume you've got a Brit. Yeah. yeah. I can't help but feel that because he denies that New Zealand heritage and just lists Liverpool, that perhaps this was a casting failure. And that they were like, well, this guy is from Liverpool. He's an actor. That'll be perfect for a guy playing uh, Paul may, McCartney's guitarist. You may be suggesting this in jest, but I really believe that no, it's possible. I, I reckon Rob Steiner is like, oh, yeah, this is what a Liverpudlian sounds like. Fuck, I reckon you're right. Because so, if you go on his website, this is on the front page that he's been in Real Rob. So, yeah. you know, this is not break. going great. Well, yeah, because otherwise the alternative is he is a genuine Liverpudian who decided to play this character in the <laughs> real Rob franchise as a New Zealander. <laughs> I like that. This like actor who can barely get a job has such a good New Zealand accent up their sleeve. They've thrown us all for a loop. <laughs> Fucking Steve. There's a beautiful scene in this episode where we're at the kids' party. Um, and it's got very joyous music. It's sort of like a little um, montage, isn't it, Carlo? Yeah, it's a it's a great fun time for the kids. This is actually pro- I had a real laugh in this scene. Yes, um, we all did. We all we gave this scene a beat in it, a round of applause <laughs> yeah. as a collective, yeah. which I can assure you is a first here at Overlooked and Undercooked. <laughs> there is something very funny about it. go and check out. There's a surprise in the pool, and they're being a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a false business called Dolphin to Door and they deliver dolphins that perform in pools to kids' birthday parties. You see the dolphin being taken away in the back of a van and they've Purpose just filled up, they've filled up the back of the van with water. It's good. It's a good gag and they did it all. You know, like the, the effects, they're not flawless, but it's good enough. You see the joke, you see what they're doing. It's this, good. This is also a scene where I just think that if Rob Schneider had slightly more knowledge of the world that was, <laughs> yeah. there could have just been a much better plot line for this very scene. Like you've got a dolphin in chlorinated water, presumably. <laughs> there could have just been a very fun montage of kids having fun with a dolphin desperately jumping out of the water and the jump becoming less and less and then kids crying around a dead dolphin <laughs> and the reason they did that is it's not because they're they're shying away from the dark stuff like this show does tread some pretty you know dicey territory it's just because he, he doesn't have the comedic faculty to imagine that scene like, yeah. he's just like well there's a dolphin in the pool that's, that's fine funny, though. He did, hey he did good Fuck, yeah, wouldn't he did. you love to be in the writer's room <laughs> not contributing not visible just to see the process in action <laughs> yeah there's, there is like, I mean, the episode ends uh, the same way the last episode that I watched of this ends with them in bed. Yeah, and yeah. that seems to be like a that 
like every scene with the two of them is in the bed. Like there's there's one scene in this when they're kind of elsewhere, but it seems to be most of the scenes of them in bed. It's like this is your real wife. Like surely you guys do other stuff in your lives. Like yeah. spend place time in other locations. Put something other than the bed, you know? And it's very boring. It's like they've tried to go with the married with children style sitcom, but it's weird to do that on a Netflix series that where you've only got like eight episodes. Because in TV, you get it's like every week they've got to bang out another episode, and you've got to have like the sound stages all together in the same place so you can, you know, do. But this is like, <laughs> you know, people went out and made this all at once so that they could whack it up on Netflix later. It's not like they're in perpetuity making an episode a week. Oh, this, this is just it just reeks of. The Schneider, it's just like the more you watch, the more unbreakable the idea in my mind is that Rob Schneider, his wife Patricia and Jamie, they made this show entirely insulated from anyone, from Netflix's creative people, just them on whatever, you know, like they have a soundstage where they're putting this together. I think it's their house at this point. I really think we're just watching this shit happen inside of their house. Like this is this this is getting increasingly autobiographical in a very real sense, like in a, <laughs> in a documentary sense. Um, he's dialing up a lot of the violence because that's the, the only trigger he knows for comedy, I think. Yes. So there's big things on hurting people. But what I, the thing with the kids' party is that at the start, that, that sequence, we just... Patricia's there and Jamie's there as well and, and Jamie brings in some puppies for the girls because it's a birthday party and there's an Elsa lookalike princess. Everyone's having a fucking fabulous time, a famous time together. Happy music's playing. There's candy. It's bright and colourful. It's great. And it's like, this is a vision of a world in this show without Rob Schneider in it. <laughs> yeah. this, this is the lives we all could be leading if Rob had never visited us. <laughs> it would be a happier show if Patricia and Jamie realised that they are in love and broke away. Yeah. Being and then like you'd have fun because we could follow the narrative of a broken Rob Schneider. Yes. Instead of just like, it, it is, it's driving me nuts that there's no consequence to his actions. Like, I would love to see the world come down on Rob. And like all the people who he's hurt or made life difficult for around him, put the pieces together and build a beautiful life. And he's just this downtrodden, like, which is if you watch interviews of him with the Happy Madison crew, that is his role in, in, in real life. What do you mean? That he gets shit on? He's the put upon guy. He's, yeah. a, he's their lackey. Mm. Oh man, there's a, actually, I think we talked about this last season, but that interview where co- all, like six of them are on Conan. Yeah, it's brutal. It's fucking brutal. You've seen that? I've not seen that, no. Schneider's just trying to get like a joke in and he's almost to the point where he's raising his hand like a school child at the back <laughs> and they finally give him a chance to throw a quip in oh. and it fucking dies on its ass. <laughs> it's, it makes you want to cry. It really does. And that man got a television series that has two seasons. And a third on the way, Carlo. <laughs> no, that does. Coming out this year. Why do you why do you do it to yourselves, guys? Like <laughs> this is just like my partner just got into town and I like I'm here in a hotel room going through this I just think you've got like I've got this is an hour out of my life you've got 16 hours gone and another 8 on the way Oh. Hey, fuck you, Carlo. <laughs> nah, I'm with you, Carlo, man. Nah, I'm we we make these decisions. <laughs> like if if this oh. show is so bad that Rob Schneider made it for no one, why have we put our hands up and said, "No, actually, Rob, you've made it for us." Cuz that's art, man. Sometimes art is finding your way through and things deserve analysis and critique when they're put on the world and not everything if you're putting a show on netflix we're allowed to watch it without 
guilt or fear of retribution from Carlo Ritchie that we're wasting our time. There is value in observing an oddity that has made itself its way on this platform. I'm not saying that you're wasting your time, Tim. I feel like this is time well spent. But I just feel that two such funny and creative people, you could be writing another show in this time. You know? You just There's literally you just, there's no denying what you're saying. Yeah, that cuts like a knife that last <laughs> actually. It's no good. Look, this is you know, you you create you're creating great Consi- stuff. Consider this to be a very roundabout research mission where instead of discovering how to write a show, first one must know how not to write a show. We must know everything about how to not write a show. Well fools I respect you guys. I respect you guys so much in The more compliments you rain down on us, the more facetious they seem to sound. <laughs> Um, if I think um, Patricia and Jamie were to get together, I actually think they'd be kind of a perfect pair in a way. Because I think that Jamie is, he, he shows himself to be loyal above everything else. It's true. He's uh, potentially unkillable. <laughs> He's I a think, fembot. <laughs> I, think he, I think he might possibly be immortal. He did fall today from quite a significant height <laughs> and land on his head. <laughs> and then just wake up a few Mate, hours later with a sore so, neck. So far, so far this season, he's been crushed by a <laughs> like a, 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 a dressing cabinet that's like two, you know, two people high. Two metres. Down oh, a stairwell. Uh, he's been bitten by a very poisonous spider that's remained entirely untreated. Yeah, he's had um, a lot of needles jabbed into him, he's like a, a lot yeah, he's, of He's been objects. suffocated to the point of almost death that he had his life flash before his eyes. And every episode he bounces back and says, hey, Jamie, reporting for work. Yeah. So, and, and Patricia, like, she is good at sort of giving Rob the tasks, you know? Mm. Like, she's good at wrangling. And, and Rob's just really shit at doing the tasks. But I think Jamie would just be like, cool, here's what I'm doing today and he wouldn't put up any resistance he'd just be like great I well, look, to think I, to follow that narrative that he's a potential immortal I will point <laughs> out this in that in the scene before the dolphin he goes oh yep and goes off stage it's set, there's like this sort of strange thing that's set up where she's like oh you need to get some extra stuff for the party he looks at his phone and like yeah I got it sorted that never comes back <laughs> just before the dolphin appears he goes off yeah. and then he's not in the dolphin scene no he's not so maybe he's the dolphin guys <laughs> You think he's a shapeshifter? Yeah, maybe. Do you think... Okay, let me put this out there. Do you think that Jamie is an immortal and he's lived for so many thousands of years (laughs) that he's discovered the only true happiness there is is absolute service to others? And he's found an employer. He's putting his body on the line. Yeah, he's he's found like the world's worst boss because he he believes that it will be the most virtuous version of living in service of other people. It's kind of like the Groundhog Day situation in which that once he can sort of better himself through, like he's probably done some terrible things in his life of immortality. Yeah, he must have killed countless people. And now he's thinking, you look, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to get absolutely shat on for the rest of my life do you think of he, this person's life is it self-flagellation so that he can better himself or do you think there is some sort of cosmic force that will allow him you, to relinquish do you, do you know what it is it's the knowledge that if he does not step into this void held by Rob Schneider that someone else will and that he's the only person with the physical and mental capacity to withstand his relentless bullying and that company is so good guy Fuck, that's good. So he's human shielding himself in the place yeah. of another person. He's jumping on the grenade that is Rob Schneider to wow. prevent any of the shrapnel or explosion touching the rest of the ears of civilization. Yeah. And he can't like he can't protect everyone. You saw it. Dusty Lane, you know, mm. he gets caught up in the orbit of Schneider. There's mm. collateral damage. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But he is minimizing it. And um, I think that it's a little too convenient that the, the world's most thoughtless and cruel man Rob Schneider and kind of a dummy as well has been teamed up with um, a, a PA who could not be killed so I think that mm. does add to the fact that there is some sort of mystical property well, that think, Jamie found him I think we've cracked it and I, I would say that you know there's there's probably this added element to it that you know there is this we've got we had this element of the 17th century Tibetan furniture yeah, yeah. added in today yeah and Jamie early in the episode showed a complete uh, sense of of he had, he had no respect for that object. He trod right on it. Well, it's, it's yeah. It's I mean, it could be a day old to him. You know, yeah, exactly, of, exactly. He you know, could the, have just been picked up from Kmart. Aren't we but ants dancing upon dancing upon the globe? To old Jamie, angels on the head of a pen. Can mm. I talk about or the something. fact that uh, amongst all of the the junk that's being kept in the the garage? Uh, Rob Schneider stumbles upon a script for Juice Bigelow, African Gigolo, and is seen reading it in not one but two scenes. And the second time he's reading it, he is laughing to himself on the last page and says, Ah, it still holds up. That is insane. Is that an advertisement? Is he trying to float that to anyone who's watching it that he does have yes. a spec for African Gigolo? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A hundred times yes. And he doesn't as well, by the way, because he hasn't done the work. But if anyone shows any kind of interest, he will, like, get Jamie to write it for him. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I do think that those elements of his uh, self-centeredness and giving all of the shit jobs to Jamie, I think that's real. I, I think that is a, um, that's a real mirroring of what well, that, is yeah, happening in I the mean, real world. We <coughs> outlined earlier in the season the creative process is Rob Schneider tells stories to his wife and Jamie in, in the writer's room. And then all of a sudden, the episodes are made. That was Rob Schneider's articulation of the creative process. So Jamie does have, you know, like Jamie's inserted in this, you know, this like noble's myth- mythic storyline for himself. Mm. Yeah. He's, he, you know, he's in how put upon the character is, he is representing how put upon he feels in real life. Mm. It also he he's self-aware beyond writing it. You know he's self-aware enough to have described his acting performance in this series as the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> it's amazing that what, he kept making it. Eh? Wait, who Rob Schneider has said that? No, his assistant. Assistant. Jamie has said that. Yeah. yeah, Jamie said that of his own performance <laughs> in this show, and that was in season one. And there's going to be three. That's just your classic trying to get out ahead of the story sort of play. He, but. I mean, he's probably the strongest actor in this, in the three of, of the three of them. I don't think Rob Schneider's a terrible actor in this. Oh, I, I think his character's deplorable and the writing is just fucking baffling. But I don't think his acting is the worst. Do you I know? don't know. Like, I just don't think he can sell anything that he says. Like, really? He has that blow up t- today at Jamie and it's like, it reads like it was written. It's like, I don't... I don't see this through. I didn't see this coming. I didn't see any fury building up to this moment. Can you imagine being on set watching Rob Schneider direct himself on his own lines (laughs) and not being able to say anything because he's in charge? 
yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great, Rob. And then, like, you go home with him after watching him flail on set for a day because you're his wife, and she goes, "Hey, that was a good day at work, wasn't it?" Yeah, Rob. Yeah, it was. It was great. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Oh shit, that sucks. Yeah, the fact that they. Oh man, I want to know more about Patricia in real life. I want real Patricia. Well, it's easy. Like the thing is, it's easy to want to feel sympathy because it does, you know, feel like she's trapped in this world or like in this marriage. Yeah, but a lot of the time when she's given enough screen time to voice her own opinions or views, she is, you know, running a, a not too distant second to Rob in terms of being an totally. absolute piece of shit that's mm. true she's not like a redeemable character she's also bad news she's less bad but it's a, it's a high bar um, unrelated oh sorry no you, you go, go Tim well I was just going to say because this does bear mentioning because I was positively aghast when it happened Jamie walks over the Tibetan table uh, the fucking dresser thing when yeah. they're moving stuff around Rob Schneider calls him a cunt yes <laughs> Out of nowhere. I don't think I've ever heard that on a Netflix show before. (laughs) Which also kind of makes me wonder, is anyone screening these episodes before they're going up? Well, they're all definitely their first draft and it's being just made and just put on the telly. But does anyone from Netflix go, like, because usually with the ratings... They trust Rob. Yeah, they do. That's the problem. I landed in a very similar situation when I used to host Fail Army on TV3 in New Zealand and they were like, you guys just go away, you make this show. And we knew that no one was quality controlling them. Yeah. Wasn't there a retake that made it to air once? Like a, a, a mistake? Yeah, there was one when we were doing a voiceover for a clip. <laughs> and we were like, hey, stop, can we take that again? And that went to air. <laughs> and it's exactly it's exactly the same situation. But Don't like the mic, Carl. I want to hear no, you No, because laugh of about course this. you assume, you know, at higher levels, you assume that there are people checking all of this stuff. Yeah. But there, is, there are idiots in every job. Like yeah. there's, you know, there's people who are doing the... Well, they're just not there. They're doing, just, yeah, the yeah. barrier that you thought was there doesn't exist. And they're sitting back there and they go, I mean, the show is really struggling. It's not doing well critically, but there's, there's someone just watching it in the antipodes. It's just <laughs> like, if we can just be cutting through down there yeah, yeah. to one it, Australian yeah, to one, hotel room. We, it's going to blow up. Well, I found in one of the news articles I read, I found three embedded tweets. That's three tweets from people asking for a third season of Real Rob, and none of them were from Tim and I. So, <laughs> consider ourselves real- part of a party of five. Real <laughs> accounts? Uh, I mean, I didn't research the accounts, but presumably, real accounts run by real idiots. Do you think, and I don't know if you've, do you think that Rob Schneider may have listened to the first season? I was overcooked and it's put in a New Zealand character. Just as a little nod. Just as a little nod. Like, well, I'm watching and look al- at look at this. <laughs> Almost. But the only... I mean, the, we'll know when season three hits these shores because the only uh, flaw in that timeline is that season two of this show was still made in 2017. Season one of Overlooked and Undercooked was released in 2018. Yeah. Well, that puts a pin in that one. I would love so much for that to be. Do you? I mean, do you? Case, I wouldn't be surprised if you listened to it. He strikes me as really, dude. He's created a production company and wrapped himself around the fucking dumbest people <laughs> he can find who can actually get a, a TV show across the line finished and completed because his ego is so delicate. He's not going to seek out any critique or review of his work. It no, makes it's not congruent with what we're seeing on scene. On no, screen. but he would go, he would he would punch his own name into Twitter and see what's being written. People talk about the podcast. Af- it would tear him apart. 
We're fucking tearing him apart. I don't think a lot of people know about this podcast. Or well. maybe he's, or you know, maybe he listened to it and be like, finally, someone actually gets what I was trying. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to bring down Netflix <laughs> from the inside. I was just trying to show them that it's celebrity and a name can make anything in this world, and the real artists are getting overlooked. Give them every Oscar. <laughs> yeah, you know that would be so good. That is Kafkaesque, isn't yeah. it? Well, I mean, a, a year on, color. What do you think? Do you think we're punching down? Oh, you're definitely not punching down. I mean, like, it's Rob Schneider, you know? Like, he had every opportunity just to... Like, he made millions of dollars, surely, from the projects yeah. that he was involved a, a, in. Estimated net worth of $15 million. He's a net... Like, I mean, that's a guy... He could have just sat back and, like, funded Kickstarters yeah. or done anything he wanted to do in his I'm life. Like, just that's where your mind Just, went. like, have a guy... Like, if he wanted to stay involved in the creative industry, there were so many other ways that he could have done it. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's decided to make... Like, write, film, and direct his own series, which is fucking rubbish. Like, <laughs> no way you punching down. You were punching up to, like... Fuck, this guy needs to be brought down. Like, There is fuck. a light in your eyes that I haven't seen before, Carlo. This is conviction. <laughs> You believe what you're saying right this now. This is the 1%, man, right there. <laughs> right on our fucking screen. Do we need to eat real Rob? You know, the eat the rich thing. Like, real Rob is the uninhibited wealth. Yeah. You know, he is without... Um, there's no check or balance he, on Rob Schneider. He broke a $3,000 wardrobe up with an axe. Like, I don't care if it's not worth $3,000. He spent $3,000 on it. Like you, know, like, you buy a shitty pizza for 20 bucks. And you go, fuck, this pizza is shit. You still eat the pizza because you spent right. 20 bucks You're on it. You're goddamn right about that. He, I don't know. Part of me is like, that's his money. If he, wants to sh- if he wants to show us footage of him pissing on a pile of money, you know, across two seasons of Real Rob, so be it. But this is like I- the free speech argument, right? Yeah, he's allowed to do it. And yes, I'm allowed to say we should eat him as yeah, a result. Yeah. We should kill and cannibalize Rob Schneider. It's like it's such a big thing. I've a big thing. The two episodes that I have watched have dealt with like the power of having a huge amount of money. Like in the last episode of the first season, he loses everything and he has to and then they find out, "Oh, I've got $500,000 in cash. We're going to be sweet." And then now we're three episodes in and it seems like life has just worked out. That 500,000 <laughs> so has true. just got us back to everything. Yeah. Like money is not a problem. Like uh, yeah, I, I can't. I, I just it either should be or it shouldn't be, but they shouldn't dip in and out. Yeah. episode dependent. Yeah, but like, that, that's absolutely. But that's absolutely what they do. Like it's you know so much of this is just it's is the word incongruent episode. Yeah. episode. Like there's no it it doesn't it's not tethered to reality. They just pluck out of the, out of anywhere. They just pull an idea or you know a problem that might exist to them for as long as it's convenient or serves their version of storytelling. Which is literally Rob Schneider finding different ways to be an asshole and fuck up his assistant. It's, I just hurt. Listen to him. I am. I am hurt. It's funny because when I watch this, it puts me in the mind. It put me into like today when I was watching. I was thinking like it's almost as if Rob Schneider wanted to create BoJack Horseman in a like a real mm. sense. You know, like yeah, it's like yeah, okay, what about yeah. if I'm like a super wealthy, no troubles, like asshole who's kind of dealing with fame, but it doesn't have any of the kind of pathos. It doesn't have any of the like well, self-awareness. There's no, there's no depth. There's yeah. no intelligence to it. It's just it's just like I'm an asshole and I'm incredibly rich. <laughs> Rob, yeah, yeah. He everything re- works out. <laughs> yeah. He refuses to think about his behavior. Yeah. 
Or if he does, it's all done off screen. And his conclusion is, I'm all good. (laughs) Which is the entire point of shows like Bojack Horseman. Yeah. is about going, I I am a complete arsehole and an utterly flawed character, but I will... um, analyze that periodically yeah it's it's terrifying really like it is scary isn't it it is like i you guys like i don't know how you guys are holding it together like you must just be seething with rage you can hear how tired we are we've watched fucking two episodes three episodes of this now no yeah it's not good we're beaten down (laughs) yeah i mean when i came in you were so despondent guy just we sat down you didn't even say hello just you hugged me and then you turned on the television it's like yes let's just deep into this into the roots of this beast (laughs) fuck it out well what better place to end the whole the whole day has been spent indoors watching and discussing (laughs) we're not even halfway guy we're not even magnum opus Uh, look i worry for you guys but you know, I do respect you for pushing yourselves through this because something yeah. will, something has, something beautiful will and is coming out of it. You know, we appreciate you coming on not once but twice. You're the guest, so nice you came on twice. Uh, look, I hope I hope to come back and see what Rob gets up to in the third season. You know, yeah. well, you time know, will tell. Fingers crossed, we all can. <laughs> uh, Carlo, where can people find you online? Would you like to plug anything? Um, Who knows when this is coming out? So it better be some evergreen shit. Uh, just find me on Instagram or just come swing by Redfern in Sydney. Just look around. What's, your, what's your street address? You'll be at that. <laughs> it's, uh, um, no. No, no, no need- say it. I'll find it. I'll find it. I'll record yeah, put, it. If you put it in, that'd be great. You'll find It'll Carlo on Twitter. down at the RSA. Or the RSC. What do you call them here? RSLs. RSA. Oh. I think it's different each state, actually. Okay. It's RSLs in New South Wales. But he's at Carlo Ritchie on Instagram. And um, he's a high-quality follow. He's a high-quality fella. <laughs> you got a quote for us, guy, to wrap up the episode? I'm going to make friends with Paul McCartney. I, I couldn't pull any quotes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I was too angry. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.